it's a beer. Yeah, it's what you got? This is uh, Bourbon Barrel Biggie S'mores mm. by Three Notched. Three Notched. Yeah. It's, t- it's good. I'll take your word for it. Uh, well, no, I've had it. I just forgot who made it. I have a beer also. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Beer for Humans. It sure is. It says so right there <laughs> on the can. <laughs> beer for Humans by Rheingeist, which is a Cincinnati brewery. Mm. This is an easy hop ale. As opposed to a difficult hop ale. Yeah. A challenging hop ale. A, n- uh, a god mode hop ale. Legendary mode It's just like a pretty basic session IPA type beer. It's beer. It's beer. It's, it's beer. For Hooray humans. beer for humans. Um, I also have a beer. I opened it off camera um, or whatever these are called. It is, cameras? it is from my new favorite, which is Frothy Moon Brew House, right down by uh, Historic Jamestown. I think technically they have a Williamsburg address, but they're like a mile from the ferry terminal Oh, on, on the north side of the river. Mm. Um, on that same road, uh, if you were doing the five and dime, you just take a left instead of taking a right to go down to the ferry. Um, and it is their Sweet Lily. Red Irish Ale. Very good. Reminds me of the Killians I drank uh, constantly when I was at Wyotech, only better. Killians ain't bad, but this is better. No, I like Killians. Is it similar to like, um, is it Midnight that has a, a, uh-huh. yeah, a yeah. red Irish Ale? Yeah, yeah. Is that the Not My Job Ale? Is that what that is? Or is that the other one? And either way, Midnight has a really good Irish style ale as well. I will have to try it because I would pretty, pretty uh, confidently say that this is my new favorite beer. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's High just praise. It's just real good. That, hey, that's I'll, good. That's all you want from a beer. Yeah, yeah. it is. I'll take it. It is. It's really good. I like it. I brought a six pack. So if anybody goes for a second and wants to try one, you guys are welcome to. Sounds good. good. Luca, if you want one, ask your mom. <laughs> There's also a couple of stouts in there. Oh, lovely. If you want if you want another beer. So I, it uh, it's been so long. I know. We we dropped an episode or I I I apologize for how long each one is taking to get out. It uh, it is what it is. But uh the episode that dropped today uh was all about we were talking about um it was me, Corey and Pierce talking about uh books and movies and video games and such. And the one of the last things on the episode is I was asking you about Brandon Sanderson things. Uh-huh. And since that recording, uh, I have absolutely destroyed my Audible subscription. And I've listened to all seven Mistborn books, <laughs> plus Warbreaker, and uh-huh. I just finished Way of Kings. So Yeah, you did. I'm kind of in it now. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and uh, much like Steve's beer... It's real good. Yeah, yeah. He's so good. Yeah, I, I, because I'm waiting for my next credit to drop on Audible uh-huh. to get um, Words of Radiance, mm-hmm. uh, I'm re-listening through the first Mistborn book, mm. and there's a lot, a lot that you pick up on on a second reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you did not on the first. And most of his books are like that. <sighs> yeah. That's, that's wild. It's so good. Like, I, like he was... the. Uh, Kelsier talks to Hoyd as yeah. a uh, informant, and the first time you read the book, you're like, "Okay, whatever." And then the second time through, you're like, "Where, where does this guy come from? Yeah. What is he doing? <laughs> Why is he everywhere all the time, but not actually doing anything? It yep. Doesn't make any sense." Yep. Oh man, all three people in the audience right now that know what we're talking about are going crazy, <laughs> and two of them <sighs> are my brother. <laughs> this is for them. Oh, does he read Sanderson too? Nice. I think the bigger question is, does he listen to the podcast? Yeah. Oh, shout out to Corey's brother. Yeah. I'm, I Which, mean, I'm pretty I'm glad sure. Do some, both of them listen? Or is it just, they used to. I'm glad I'm someone pretty sure knows what they're talking about. Okay. But anyways, uh, how was Road Atlanta? Oh, man. Steve, do you want to talk about Road Atlanta for a minute? Yeah, we can do that. All right. It was a time. Um, let's see. Where do we start? We start at the beginning. Uh, where uh, Clayton came with us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I would shout out to him, but he'd never hear it. Oh. Do we have a do we have a rim shot? <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Um, nope. No, no, no. I do like that one, but it's not. Oh, I thought oh, that we did have a rim shot. I guess not. Anyway. Back to our regularly scheduled. I love, uh, I love uh, that we have to go through all four of them every yeah. time I hit one of the yeah. buttons. Our regularly scheduled deaf friend jokes. Um, Clayton's a legend. Yep. He came down to my house. Jordan came down to my house to get ready to pack and um, caravan down there together on Friday morning. So track weekend, he, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Clay drove his WRX to Steve's towing a utility trailer to which was mounted a rooftop like cargo carrier, which we then put on my forerunner and put all of Clay's stuff in it. And he brought a pit bike, which we then rearranged my trailer to barely fit. It made it work. <laughs> yep. And it, it spans like center of tire to center of tire on the inside edge. ledge of each of the ramps. Or whatever the the runners on Jordan's yeah. open deck trailer, it just barely fits so we between. Rammed it in front of the Corolla and strapped it down with like thirty bajillion ratchet straps. Uh, it worked. It worked. It stayed. Didn't fall off. Um. Yeah. Packed up all the stuff from there. A lot of a lot of stuff. By um, far the most stuff I've ever taken anywhere yeah i don't know what the gross vehicle weight rating is on that two runner not but that not not that why did you have so much stuff uh because it was three people and yeah. i i asked jordan to put a couple of things of mine in there so that i could take my cooler as well take my charcoal grill like i had the miata pretty much packed to the gills and then took then a couple extra things and the, the entire forerunner. interior of the forerunner was packed plus clay in the passenger seat, plus stuff on the roof, plus the Corolla was full of stuff. Like, it was... It got even fuller on the way home, Yeah, actually. it was wild. We'll get there. So, oh, I also asked Jordan to take my spare set of wheels and tires, um, my stock wheels, because this was the first event where I was trying the 17 by 9s with 245s, and I never had time to actually fit them to the car. So we, we before we left. So they were on my tire trailer, and I brought my two fifteens just in case we like bolted them up and something did not clear, and I needed something to run on for the weekend. So we crammed those in the back of the Corolla. Cool, great cargo yeah. carrier. Mm-hmm. It was so it wasn't just your stuff, is what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, we we drove down there. It was. The drive down, I don't remember being particularly eventful. It was pretty chill. Yeah. No, I mean, we just normal stops and stuff. I think it probably, we we did have that one um, diversion for traffic. There was some rain here and there, and then there was some traffic, and it added probably half an hour or 45 minutes. So by the time we got down there, I think it was like close to nine hours on the road. Something like that. It's like seven if you literally didn't have to stop, but. Do you wind, do you, stops. do you listen to music in the car with Clay? Yes, actually. Okay. Uh, mo- he he was recommending a lot of music to me huh. that he is really into now because since he got his uh, cochlear implant, he's been listening to a lot of music and he has a lot of opinions on a lot of music. Yeah. Oh. So we were because well, he has Bluetooth <laughs> streaming to, to the, his brain to the cochlear implant, uh-huh. which is rad. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we like we were we were jamming like the whole way. Okay, all right. All right. And then um, I, I I just know he he can get it can get difficult for him when there's a lot of sounds. So I didn't know if like you know in in the name of conversation you had to have basically a a silent. We would kind of go back and forth. Like if we were talking, we would uh-huh. turn it down, and then we'd he'd like pick a song and we'd crank it up again. Okay, yeah, but it was cool. Okay. Yeah, uh, and I just. Rode by my lonesome in the Miata with all my stuff in the passenger seat. Um, but we we took the walkie-talkies again, um, like we did it's, when we went to New Jersey. It's a big help. It's just so good when you need to make a lane change or there's an exit coming up or we want to decide when to stop and eat. Or Do you have, like, uh, nice ones or are you just using, like, whatever uh, little Cobra ones? Yeah, they're just a pair of cheapy Cobra ones, but they're... Um, 
They're USB rechargeable ones, which also means they will run indefinitely while plugged into USB right, power right, source. Right. Um, so I just leave mine constantly plugged into yeah, the car. I was doing the same thing, and I just I leave it clipped into my seatbelt, like right next to my face. Uh, so but we, yeah, we got there, and it was kind of gloomy, a little drizzly. It was dark. Dark. It was but, uh, yeah. dark by the time we got there. I um, think by the time we set up, it was dry. But and it hadn't started raining until we set up, and it kind of started raining overnight. Was when how that worked? Yeah, it's it sprinkled a little bit, um, but thankfully it held off. So we got down there at like six or something, but it was already dark outside because it's December um, in the northern hemisphere. And then uh, Jordan and Clay set up camp, and I helped a little bit with that. And then I switched the wheels and brake pads and all the usual stuff, and uh, definitely pumped the pedal. To make sure that I had breaks. No buildings were harmed in the making of this weekend. <laughs> Correct. Um, and fitted up the big wheels and tires, and they looked like they would clear the front brake calipers by like literally a human hair width. A micron. And I've had my street wheels on there for a year and a half with like a sixteenth of an inch of clearance between the wheels and the calipers. They have never made any contact. So I was like, clearance is clearance, it seems. Um, so I just left them on there as they were on the, it's only the front that they're that tight with the Willwoods. And um, got the car set up, got camp set up. Um, weather was pretty decent. Slept reasonably well that night. And then yeah, this, so this was the first weekend of December in Atlanta, so it was like 60s, high 60s during the day. It was, yeah, it was like quite nice. Maybe in like 50s. high 40s, low 50s at night, yeah, really not bad. at night. Not bad. And then we got up in the morning and could couldn't, not... Couldn't see shit. Couldn't see 200 yards. <laughs> okay. I, just, like literally when you're in the paddock on the main, the front straight at Road Atlanta, like the other side of the, the front straight's like down in like a valley. There's like a big hill on the other side. You couldn't even see that from our from our from across the track. Yeah, it's where the where the pro pits are is like the same hill that uh, it goes up turn one and turn two, and also is the down uh, turns eleven and twelve. And uh, yeah, couldn't couldn't see couldn't barely see the bleachers next to uh, the front straight on our side. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't even see the other side of the paddock fog. Uh, if we didn't say it yeah. was just incredibly foggy yeah super dense they they ended up delaying uh, i don't think first car went out on track until like 10 something that morning and then not again until after lunch yeah. um so they tried to send some cars out when the fog cleared a little bit and the workers could see and then they cut that off again um but what they wound up doing so we were supposed to have two morning sessions uh jordan and i both ran de2 for this event um so we were in the same run group which was really cool and uh they delayed the two morning sessions and i thought we would just lose two sessions um it was kind of nice oh shoot what we forgot friday oh, night so friday <laughs> night we <laughs> backing we, up real yeah, quick real quick so we had set up camp. very important we we got all situated we're all good to go for like you know we're, we're 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 situated we have our stuff so uh, then we were like debating i was dead set on steaks this was the thing going mm. into the weekend i had brought my charcoal grill because jordan has a tradition which yeah. is make steaks at the track yep and i was dead set on doing this um but it took us so long to get everything unpacked, camp set up, car switched over, all this stuff, that by the and time... It was dark. It was dark. It was starting to drizzle a little bit. By the time we went to Publix to try to shop for steaks and start making dinner, it was already like 9.30. Yeah, okay. It may have been later than that. I think they closed at 10, okay. and we were pushing, okay. yeah. we were pushing like closing time at, at the grocery closing store. Closing time. There it is. Somebody had to do it. We didn't have to go home, uh, but we could not, in fact, stay there. That was Sunday night. Oh, uh, that's also true. <laughs> so, um, so Clayton, being the legend that he is, just says, as we're scrambling around the grocery store and figuring out, are we going to buy steaks? What are we going to do for dinner? It's, it's already late. You know, it's going to be later. He goes, there's a Waffle House right across the street. 
Classic. And then he says, I've never been to Waffle House. He says, I've been to Waffle House once, and it was like 15 years ago. And me and Steve just like looked at each other and were like, well, we're going to Waffle House. That's what we're doing now. Uh, yeah, of course. And I will tell you what. I've never had a bad meal at Waffle House. Like, uh-huh. Waffle House is consistently... Waffle House? Waffle House, yeah. right? It's good. Uh-huh. It's not amazing, but it's, it's consistent and it's there. But Waffle House in Georgia. Yeah. At 10 o'clock at, at night. 10 o'clock at I'm night. I'm sure on another it was planet. one of the most satisfying meals I have ever yeah. had in my life. For sure the best Waffle House I've ever had. Yeah. And up there with some some of the great meals. Yeah. Just I mean, the, absolutely hit the Waffle spot. House is from Atlanta. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe that's the first one. Who knows? Yeah. It <laughs> like was dope. The one we went to, but legendary. So good. Saturday morning. Uh, fog. Fog. Uh, delayed sessions. They pushed lunch up. Uh, it was supposed to be at noon or something, but they backed it up to like 11 to get lunch and more time for the fog to burn off. And then they combined our first session with HPD. Uh, no, our sorry. second session. Our second session. They gave us an in-between combined session with HPDE 1 and intro. Oh, okay. So we actually still wound up with three sessions on Saturday afternoon. Even though half the day was chewed up, which, like, logistically, point, like, massive kudos to NASA Southeast uh, they, for they, they, they did everything they could to get us as much track time as we could possibly get for a weekend that wasn't ideal, which That's I really nice. appreciated. I have to say, I really enjoyed running with that group. It seems like a really, really great group of people. I agree. Yeah. Uh, every experience I've had, I've now done three events at Road Atlanta, one event at Roebling. You've with... done three at Road Atlanta? Yeah. I did December last year. Then I scrambled and did June on like a week's notice this oh, year. Oh, yeah. With okay. with Clay, he went with me, but that turned into a one day where the second Roebling day rained for out. some reason. No, it was Road Atlanta. Okay. And then, uh, and then I did december with you i did roebling last year in september dead of summer it was I, real I hot absolutely want to do the same event again this year like for yes. sure like, yeah no I, question. i'm definitely shooting for december it is again i mean i guess we're, we're gonna skip ahead a little bit but road atlanta is basically my new favorite track it oh, is, okay it is the best track i've ever driven by like a mile it's so <laughs> much fun it was, really. i was so excited to hear it. like i've been on jordan since i went in december last year uh-huh. about like you've got to go i know it's far i know it seems like a insanely long drive to get and there it's four tanks of gas I, <laughs> but i just could not five relate properly like what an enjoyable track it is for for cars like ours that handle really well that deal with complexes of curves uh really well and that uh are lower powered and you can get your passing done in the one long straightaway they have instead of two long ones like it's the quick rundown i give is that it's it's all the complexity and fun of vir and elevation changes but more but more and only one long straightaway and for a low-powered car that's it's just the sweet spot yeah it's it's all of the fun parts of vir like 50 percent more like everything besides the i mean the climbing s's are like a singular the climbing layout. S's are, are, are like an all-time great track part. Segment, yeah. Turn 12 is the craziest <laughs> fucking shit. Like, you cut turn 12 at Road Atlanta is the last turn. You're coming up under the bridge, and then you go downhill to, and into a long, sweeping right, yeah. downhill to the start line. It's technically 11 and 12, I think. Is it? Yeah. The first half is considered 11. And the second half is oh yeah, I guess 12, the, but the yeah. Br- like the bridge is eleven, yeah. and the bottom is twelve, I it's... guess. But like, literally, you can go in all of my GoPro footage, and for the first session or two, maybe three, all of Saturday, every single time I go over the hill, you can hear me screaming in the background. <laughs> I, like, I thought Holy he was. Holy shit! I thought he was kidding. Like I, I, you know, you say. Oh, I'm screaming every time I go through there, but you don't mean litter. And then I watched his footage back and you hear him shouting out loud (laughs) in the Oh my god. (laughs) It's just so good. Um 
I, the the thing that is harrowing about it is not only that you're dropping down a massive hill that is blind for the first half of it, like a solid it. three mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. You're just it's dropping. Pr- it's like coming. Um, not to use roller coaster because they call it that at VIR, but when you come down the first hill on a gravity based roller coaster, yeah, you know that feeling that you're like, okay, I should see the downhill part of this already and uh-huh. I still should see and I still should see it and yeah. you keep going further and, and steeper and steeper uh-huh. that's the first three seconds coming is, over this hill. it is batshit insane and then the bottom half of it now you are going depending on what car you're in Real nine, fast. 90 to 110 mm. uh, and the walls are closing in on both sides there's zero runoff to like six feet away from the track Jesus. So you're going full commitment down a hill through a corner at high speed with walls closing in on you. It's, and, and based it's on my recent mechanical history, I'm just sitting there going, like, just praying to all of the gods. <laughs> please wheel bearings. Left front wheel bearing. <laughs> please hang on. Oh, no. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a good track. It's a good track. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you got to come when we go in December. I, I would love to, um, as long as it does not line up with company Christmas parties and things like that. It's like the first weekend of yeah, December. Yeah, very first weekend. And be. this year, the first weekend of December, I was in Cincinnati oh, was at it, my really? company Christmas party. Oh, yeah. geez. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, but yeah, uh, Sunday was, was good. It, it, the track continuously dried out, got warmer. I, my, I, I Rain was in the forecast like this whole weekend, and this was a concern going into it. Uh, thankfully, it mostly only rained overnight. Yeah. Okay. And so we got rain again Saturday night, but it started to dry first session. I had a spin because it was a little wet in turn five, um, but it got progressively drier. I had uh-huh. a four off where I bombed through some mud that got cool. over my helmet and my car and my everything <laughs> it was, and it's like that sticky orange oh, it's yeah. georgia mud. red clay sweet, just like sweet everywhere i gotta say the contrast of the orange mud on your matte white car looked really cool <laughs> yeah cool cool for everyone who didn't have to clean it um and then uh where was i going to i was going somewhere with this sunday the BMW Sunday, that Sunday, left its front Sunday. end all along turn three. Oh, that happened. That did happen. That was last session. A too. really cool BMW wagon. It was an E46. Yes. Wagon. Three series wagon. There were three BMW guys that were there together. Yeah. Like and homies. they were rolling with the Mustangs too. There was a Z4, um, another like E46 or something, sedan or coupe, and then this wagon. Um, I was actually they were really, fast. All they three were of them. super fast. I was actually really proud of myself because I there was one session where they all came up on me right coming out of um, you go the the downhill S's up through turn five. I saw them coming and I pulled to the side and got I think it was five cars by me in that one short between straightaway. five and six. Yeah. yeah, which is I mean it's a straightaway, but it's not it's that not long. very long. That's no. a, that's good traffic management for sure. It was like, I think it was the three BMWs and two Mustangs were all just like. I was going to ask, was that your first event on Fortunes? Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. As How you're sitting here in a Fortune hat and uh-huh. I'm, uh-huh. oh, I'm not wearing my hoodie. I've Jordan my hoodie. is. <laughs> all right. Two out of three. He's on, um, the, on the Lord suspension. They're real. They're real good yeah. on track. Cool. Um, yeah. First, first event on the five tens. Um, took some time dialing in the damping settings, uh, pretty much just the more I turned them up, the better they got, Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. Um, pretty easy to balance the car, a little bit of tweaking. I really didn't do much with tire pressures. I pretty much did what I always do, Mm -hmm. which is set the fronts two pounds higher than the rear, just for a little less front grip at the limit. Uh And then just dialed stuff in with, uh, damping settings. Um, I th- I think I should have written down <laughs> what I landed at. Yeah. Um because I was like, oh well I know how many clicks I turned them back to get them reset for this street. And yeah, but you're not gonna remember that. <laughs> well I did and then I messed with them again and now uh, I d- I don't know what the last change I made look, was. As 
Adam Savage says, the difference between science and messing around is writing it down. Facts. It's oh, the biggest fact. That's real good quote from it. It was also your first event man. on uh, the wheels. On 245s. Yeah. So that was the other quick thing. I ran the first session <clears throat> and I started getting a weird vibration, um, almost like a like a very rapid knocking, like uh, in sharp right hand turns, mostly just turn seven, which is the last turn onto the, the long straightaway. It's the, the shortest, it's like Oak tree. It's, it's the slowest corner. It's the, the slowest corner. It's a 90 degree, right? And so you really, you know, crank on down into it. I kept getting this noise. They were also shaking for the first session violently between the whole car was shaking violently from like 85 to 105. Oh. Now this I factored or I um, attributed to the tires being used. And when I got these tires, I did notice there was some like minor cupping or flat spotting just on the inside edges. Okay. So I figured oh, I'll wear these in, you know, a few laps uh-huh. around the track. Uh-huh. They'll, they'll get sticky. They'll be round again. Yeah. And, uh, but every time I went down the back straight, like as soon as I hit about 85, it was just like shaking my teeth. Um, didn't feel like anything was loose. Like it felt great everywhere else. But mm-hmm. by the end of the session, I'm getting this like feeling. Um, so I, I bring it off track and I had mentioned before the clearance with the front calipers, the inside of the spokes was just barely kissing the brake calipers on on both left and right for some reason it was only really presenting in that hard right hand turn i guess because you're slowing down and turning so it's loading side loading the front wheels real hard and um so thankfully i had my three mil spacers that i have to run with my stock wheels to clear the wheel woods um so i just chucked those on there and I, it was great cool. for the for the rest of the weekend um the tires did get better and less shaky. There were RT660s on there, right? Yeah, okay. as they became more round again. I probably should have had them mounted with that shoulder, the shoulder that had more cupping, because it was all four of them. I think probably whoever owned them before put them on like a super stancy car with, you know, eight degrees of camber all around or more. And so the insides and maybe blown shocks or bad suspension or yeah something washers <laughs> and they were just the tires were getting hammered on yeah. those shoulders yeah. i should have had them mounted with those shoulders out if i'd been thinking about it because i also have a fair amount of camber and so when you're in a straight line it's just sitting on that inside edge as contact patch and so i think the faster i went the worse the shaking got um but they got better and they were real good um, I did definitely slip a couple eccentric bolts. I found out when I came home, when I went off and, and bombed through the mud, because um, I basically caught the side of the big triangular curb inside turn three when I went came back on. That curb is like a car width and a half. It is huge. And I went all the way to the right of it, because, um, yeah, I came racing up on somebody a little too fast. He had... a actually interesting little i don't know like what it's based on it, it was a it was like almost like a nascar truck but smaller yeah it had like ford raptor uh yeah but, badging yeah, on it but yeah. it's clearly just like a chassis on a tube frame but but small it's like miata sized it's real pickup tr- stock mm. truck and thing. i think it has an ecoboost it's either an ecoboost mustang drivetrain or like a like an svo mustang drive it was some sort of turbo four cylinder gotcha (laughs) yeah um but but he had said he has a sequential because he was having problems with it um downshifting two gears at a time a couple of times and locking up the rear wheels and we came flying up into turn two i think what happened is he downshifted first so he started slowing down a lot before the brake lights came on and i was not expecting it and so uh I came kind of racing up on his bumper, stabbed the brakes, cut the wheel to the right, which put me wiggly loose and off the track, ba-bam. And I caught the curb pretty hard when I came back on. So the car just didn't fill me with confidence after that for the rest. Like, 
I can tell when I get it dialed in on that suspension on those tires, on those width tires for sure. Maybe not that set. I'll I'll burn those up, but they're not perfect. I just got them real real cheap. Um when I uh when I get it dialed in, it's going to be incredible. It it'll really be kind of a weapon on track, which I am stoked for. That's yeah. cool. It's quick. It's real, it's real quick. It's I did set a personal best. Um I I feel confident that I could shave another second or two off of that, you know, with with the car really dialed and this the alignment not tweaked and such. And probably fresher tires. And fresher tires, yeah. Some fresh V seven thirties or V V Yeah, V seven thirties. Seven thirties, yeah. Which, knows, which I was like running on for the first time oh, yeah, yeah. that weekend and your they're, impression? They're nice. They're, they're good. good. Yeah, they're good. They're good. They, also, it was the first the first dry event I got to do on the Willwoods. Oh, the true. First time I yeah. actually got to really use I, them. I was gonna I was gonna ask, aren't you on some different brakes now too? But. Yeah, it's it's Willwood uh Willwood Dynalite calipers with on Mini Cooper S or no base Mini Cooper rotors, um with Porterfield the old old faithful Porterfield R four fours baby. Yeah. Um, they're amazing. Yeah, they're really, really good. Yeah, I, I, I you had, ran them at Dominion, right? But it was just the, absolute it, downpour in the literal tropical storm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that rolled in just for like that day. Yeah, just yeah. that day. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Dude, it's been so rainy recently. It was so. Oh my god. It was so rainy, and also it was so windy. You couldn't put up canopies. Oh yeah. yeah. So like you had to just stand there. Or go into the very crowded club trailer with everybody else. It but was, thankfully, it was really great. But Road Atlanta was Road Atlanta was dry. Not a thank downpour. God. Good. And actually, it was it kind of worked out nicely that it was kind of damp uh, the first couple sessions because that meant everyone was taking it real slow, and that was a great time to learn the track going yeah, real cool. slow like that. Yeah, for sure. And as it started, the line started to dry out. You could literally just, especially going into turn twelve down the hill, eleven and twelve down the hill. You could like just follow the dry spot. Yeah, it was great. Definitely helps set up. A, a lot of turns there are blind. Actually, it's yeah. like most of the high consequence ones are some portion of them. Either mm. the exit or like the entry or is is blind. Yeah. the The first thing that struck me was before we even like the night we got there, before we even went on the track, is how absolutely insanely hilly the entire premises is. Really. Like everything is on a crazy hill, and it, and how good the ridiculous. spectating is. Oh man, you can see everything from somewhere on yeah. that track. You it's can great. You That's can cool. drive to almost any part of the track and see it from either inside or outside, it, with the exception of a couple spots. Um, but I I took the guys over to Spectator Hill early in the morning while we were just waiting for fog to clear and waiting for our first session after lunch and all of that. Um, and that it's the hill looking at the S's uh-huh. coming like all the way down the hill, up the hill, straight at you, and then up turn five and over to the right. Just such a cool spot. That's, that is probably the best spectator spot I've ever seen at a track. Yeah. Really, really neat for a road course. It's hard to get that good of a view. Yeah. Like, VIR's got a couple pretty decent spots, but you only see like two, three turns yeah. at uh-huh. a time usually. Uh-huh. And that's a spot you can see like from turn two halfway to turn six and there's actually like four unnumbered turns in between there Mm -hmm. that are just called the s's yeah so it's a it's a pretty sweet uh sweet facility it's it's like turn three and then it's like the s's is like four turns but it's turn four and then five is coming out of the s's yeah great great facility great track i just love it i just wish it was closer i really do yeah, I don't want to live in South Carolina. Nope, for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be nice to be closer to Road Atlanta. Yeah, and you'd be sh- closer to like Charlotte Motor Speedway, and you wouldn't be that far away from VIR either. And then, um, and then we wrapped up the the weekend in an interesting way, I think. Um, so which we, was we took we, we took Friday and Monday off yeah. for this weekend because just for travel. Yeah, yeah. So this was the first time I've ever done that. Actually, bookended it. I usually take Friday off uh for travel down and then i skip a session or two at the end of sunday and 
get back at it's a too, ridiculous it hour. is too far for that it it is i mean i've done it um and i can attest um but we took monday off and so unfortunately what i realized about what a week and a half before uh-huh. the event was that the track uh closes the gates at like 6 p.m on sunday so um, we can't camp there sunday night ah and that was my whole plan. Yeah. It was just like sleep one more night and then get up. Now, I don't know if they would have technically kicked us out because the, there's an automatic gate that you can pull up to any time of day if you're already inside the facility that when you pull up, it will open and you can leave. Right. So I, maybe we could have gotten away with sleeping there and then just getting up in the morning and driving out. Like we don't need anyone there to unlock the I facility will, to I will get say, out. As but. we were leaving, uh, there was only like two other people still there. We were one of the last people to leave. Um, there was a, a staff SUV Driving waiting uh, for everyone to get out before yeah. they could go survey the paddock. Yeah. So, so I don't think they would have let us stay. So anyway, what we what we put together as a plan was uh, we booked a tent camping spot at a KOA campground oh, okay. in Anderson, South Carolina, which is like an hour from uh road atlanta just literally just across the state line into south carolina uh it's like the first exit and um it's right on a lake apparently i don't know we couldn't see it we didn't see the campsite in daylight at all (laughs) i understand at at all like we also left well before the sun came up 30 a.m um but more power to you man it it actually it worked out really well so what we did was we shoved uh I was still adamant that I wanted steaks at some point because uh-huh. I packed my charcoal grill. That, God damn that it. That in and of itself is a fun story. <laughs> and um, so we, we, we stopped, we pulled off like the exit before the KOA campground to get groceries and fuel. Uh, you know, I was down by the track. Or was it the first after yeah, the track? It was right after the track. Okay. We stopped at this exit oh, to get, yeah. to go to Publix to get, or, or whatever grocery store to get more food. I forgot about this. Uh, and we pull into the gas station because I desperately needed fuel. And as we pull in, there's two fine, upstanding gentlemen walking out of the convenience store wearing ski masks and clearly holding something in the front of their pants. Uh-huh. And I just turned right around and said, I don't want any part of what's happening right now. <laughs> went straight to the grocery store. Oh, no. Uh, we did subsequently get gas at that same gas station about <laughs> half an hour later. After shopping in the store, because I figured, I mean, they wouldn't stick around this long. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, and they didn't. Um, but yeah, so we picked up, uh, we picked up some filet mignons. Because mm-hmm. um, if you're going to do it, yeah, you yeah, may yeah, as well yeah, do it right. I understand. Dude. Yep. They it was actually cheaper. It was like per person, it was cheaper to do it that way. It was a prepackaged tray of three. Oh, okay. Like six or seven for ounce. Like $45. Filets for... Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, so like it was that. cheaper per person to do that than to buy three steaks. It was like fifteen bucks a person. That's yeah, okay, not right. bad. Yeah, and some steak seasoning and some uh, frozen veggies. Some frozen veggies. There you go. And, it was uh, dope. I'm sure it was amazing. And then we went uh, went and, and while the boys set up the uh, the canopy and the tent and everything at the KOA, I got the charcoal grill fired up and um, wrapped some veggies in foil and stuck them on the coals and then uh, cooked some steaks and we drank, had... drank some wine, cooked some steaks. And oh yeah, Clayton brought some sangria, sangria. Which I think is still in my downstairs <laughs> fridge at home. Oh, I thought you were about to say it's still in the car. <laughs> <laughs> still in the cooler. It's, it's real strong now. <laughs> oh boy. Oh no. Um, yeah, that was, that was just a, a great way to wrap it up. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was... It wasn't too, too late of a night. I think we got to bed like 10.30 or 11. Yeah, something like that. And um, But we did get up super early, probably 5 a.m. or something. So, something. We woke up. I think we tried to be on the road by 5.30. Yeah, broke, broke down camp and left before the sun came up. But uh, yeah, it was great. The, the people at the KOA were super nice. I would recommend it to anybody else planning this type of a camping trip if you have a tent. Um, they... Uh, they left the paperwork on the office door because they knew we were getting there after hours too, um, with handwritten directions. They, you know, I told them we were going to have an extra car with a trailer. They were like, "No problem. You can park it here, here, or here." Like, just awesome. And the whole the whole thing was um, fifty five bucks. 
Yeah. 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 I think that's, that's awesome. For three people to sleep for an like yeah. come on. Hell yeah. Way better than a hotel room. Uh, cheaper for sure. And we already had the tent with us. So So that's not a bad plan if you're going far. This you said it's the first December or the first weekend of December. Yeah, it's like yes. the sixth or seventh or something like that. So next this this year the first uh, of December is a Sunday. Okay, it's not that one. Right, it's the weekend after that. Okay, that would be awkward because that's Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be the seventh and eighth. So I believe seventh, so. Yeah, seventh and eighth. Okay, that sounds right. I could maybe do I have that. to look at the schedule again. It's definitely not the end of November and the first of December. It's right. definitely both December right. dates. Yeah, it's always the first like full. Gotcha. Both uh, both days are in December weekend. Yeah. I, maybe, maybe I can I take off for that and come down. I cannot wait. So awesome. I cannot wait. It's my most anticipated event of the year. I, I it's the, my only disappointment now, and it's minor. Is again that I wish it was closer because each time I go back, now that I've been back three times. I do feel like I spend almost the whole first day like kind of relearning the track. Mm, and I, and I yeah. think I could, it would be such a rewarding track to progress at. And I think I won't ever progress as quickly there just because it's so infrequent. Sure. Unless I get a sim, which is definitely on my radar for this mm. year, is oh, yeah. some kind of a sim setup at mm-hmm. home. And then if I could turn a lot of laps on a sim and get comfortable yeah I, then i, I definitely played a lot of forza before i went there and it actually like the forza representation of it is pretty good pretty realistic yeah i i it's just that's the whole like appeal to me is learning tracks that i either don't go to frequently or have never been to before like just showing up with some pretty good idea of where i'm going <laughs> And you know the the distance, the the layout, the the setup between the turns. Also, speaking of trying to prep for Road Atlanta by playing Forza, guess what's not in the new Forza Motorsport? Road Atlanta, what, really? which has been in every Forza Motorsport game until this one. But huh. why? Because Forza Motorsport, I'm gonna call it Forza Eight for for clarification. Sucks balls. Oh no, it's not good. That's unfortunate. That's uh, bad timing for them too, because there are so many sim actual a, a, sims, Assetto courses, and eye racings and the like that <laughs> the are eyes racing, eyes racing that are on the rise. Um, yeah, they're not hanging in there. No, I guess. they are not. The I mean, the the driving is nice. Like the cars drive good, but there's I'm pretty sure fewer. There are no front wheel drive Honda Civic hatchbacks. Before two that like the 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 oldest Honda Civic hatchback they have in the new Forza game is like an O three, which is like the worst one. Yeah, it's like the whatever the one before the EK is. Actually, it might be an E. Is that, it's not even an EK. Is it's, that the, is that the Civic hatch that looks kind of like a fit that came? Yes. Out? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. like they don't have an EG. They don't have an EF. Like. That was the closest because those cars are old, I guess. But like, if you're going to a track, if you're a motorsport game, you need those cars. Yeah, no, I agree. <sighs> what they need, what they need, what I want is a guarantee. No, what they need is, <laughs> is a 1987 Toyota Corolla FX16 GTS. Well, that would be yeah. cool. I think the closest thing that I managed was like a Volkswagen Golf, like an old Volkswagen Golf. Mark three or something like, like yeah. similar power level front wheel drive. Yeah. Uh, speaking of golf, you were going to say, were you going to say Paul's yes. golf? Yeah. Posted. He posted an update today. It is so awesome. I saw you link that. I haven't looked at it. Does he have the whole like rear suspension kind of mocked up and in? Oh, it's in. Oh, he, he, adds, he needs to add like tie everything together, like in the, the tube frame. Yeah. But like the tube frame to mount it to the car is there. So he's putting, remind me, he's putting Mark, Mark seven. 7. So like 2015. Golf. Rear, rear, suspension, rear suspension in his Mark 3? Three, 3 or 4. It's like a 91. Yeah. Yeah. Golf. Pretty sweet. It's dope. Yeah. It's real cool. That's neat. Yeah. Better like anti-dive. And, and he's the front, uh, where the front, arms of the subframe attach he's made three 
vertically stacked bolt holes so he can adjust adjustable. the pitch of the subframe to account for various anti-dive geometries. That's cool. Mad. That's Science. Cool. Science and cool. engineering. Yeah. yeah, very cool. When you when you have fabrication tools, man, and a place to do it, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. possibilities. Yeah dangerously endless his shop is very impressive it's very cool i would love to see it i i like that your car is making cameos in the background of his and the most recent one it's completely under a cover so you can't see it which made me sad but what is it there for jordan have you mentioned this oh uh i dropped it off back uh i don't even remember when probably like just before christmas um to get the front half of the cage finished so it will be a fully caged car uh, hopefully in the next month and a half. Yeah. Before track season. Yeah. More, more safer, bro. I'm hoping my, uh, I'm set. My, my soft goal is to do uh SCCA Shenandoah at the end of March. As your, as your first. Mm-hmm. Cool. I need to put that on my mental radar. Unless there's a dominion year. track cross before then, which there might Isn't be. Isn't there one in February? No, not a track cross. I'm pretty sure. I just posted a picture of it in yeah, high school. Yeah, you sent us to Dominion. That's just good. About to, about to pull up. There's a track attack, which is not the same oh, thing. Oh, maybe that's what I'm remembering. That's their, like... Paste laps. Paste laps with no helmets yeah. thing, right? Like, yeah. if, you, if you have literally never set toe on a racetrack before, I guess it's worth it, but I have no interest in such things. Set tire? Tire. Was that a thing? If you've literally never been to a racetrack yeah. in your life, Where? maybe it's okay to do. It's on the track. Uh, uh, is it forum area in the Discord? Yeah, it should be. Like from the last yeah, couple of days, he definitely sent it. I I remember reading it. Was it in the track or was it's it not, in? It, oh oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I think it's yes. in the track channel. It's in the track channel, yeah. not the motorsport channel. Correct. Correct. Uh yeah you're right track attack is in yeah. November so track cross is the th- the tenth which would be cool if I could make that because I know all my coworkers are gonna try to do it mm. um but realistically I don't know if it's gonna be ready for that okay because even once once I get it back with the cage I need I'm going to completely redo how the seats mount and everything like that so it's gonna be a bit of a there's gonna be some extra work that needs to happen. Uh, can you, can you real quick, just run down what, uh, what else this year you might want to do? Well, I'd really like to start eventually at some point, build the, my spare transmission, uh, okay. t- tear it apart, uh, rebuild it, new synchros, new bearings, every, all, all that stuff. And then put a final drive and an LSD in it. Um, realistically, I don't know if that's going to happen this year, but that's okay. one thing I'd like to do. Um, also on the fantasy list is a rear wing. Uh, uh-huh. That might happen at some point. Uh, and the other th- big thing is... Uh, you took some measurements. Uh, I, by taking measurements, I took a piece of hose that I had and used a Sharpie to make marks. It was approximate. Yeah. No, that's but fine. I think, that's a good enough But I think nine lives... Uh, well, I guess anybody, nine lives or PCI, uh, EF Civic uh, hatch wing setups can be fairly easily made to work on my car yeah so it was kind of interesting we didn't even talk about this but there was another fx16 at road atlanta Mm -hmm. a guy that jordan's talked to online a few times Uh and that dude worked directly with nine lives to make brackets and a big wing mount for the fx um but you just weren't in I'm not, love with I'm not super in love with, with just how it on. looked and, and the mounts were like that they supplied him kind of like started to tear and stuff. Um I don't know. I just I think some stuff needs to be is single shear from them that needs to be double shear. Um I don't and know. And then the other thing is like with it being a hatchback and using the back of the car for storage when you transport it and all that stuff, you yeah. need to have an easy way to either pull pins or just two bolts from like where it mounts to the hatch and, and pivot well, he, it up onto the roof. He, or the way something. he had it mounted is it was all on the hatch. So his hatch still open and closed perfectly fine. Oh, right. Which is pretty it didn't, cool. It didn't extend out onto Correct. the roof. So I, but the EF ones do, right? No, the EF ones go on just roof the hatch mount? too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The EK ones are roof mount. Or they're on my car, it would be roof yeah. mounted because the EK hatch is much more slanted. Right. Um, 
but yeah, I think that would be cool. That's like a thousand dollars to do that. Um, to do the transmissions a little more than a thousand dollars. Like it's just kind of, do I want to spend the money? Um, the other thing I was looking into, which is definitely more than a thousand dollars is Haltech's uh, digital dash displays are really, really cool. And they sell a, I think they call it the classic install kit where you don't have to have a standalone to run it. You just, it, it's like, here's the dash and here's all the sensors. Oh, interesting. So you can run the digital dash. You run your factory tack pickup to it. You can figure it to run with your, your, that figure out that tack signal. And then you've got like two pressure sensors and a temperature sensor. Oil, oil pressure. And oil pressure, fuel pressure, and uh, water temperature. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. And it's, I think I, with, with like, com- like employee discount pricing, I could probably get all of that stuff for less than two grand. Does it do logging? Yes. It does logging. Well, it, that's you can, cool. There's a GPS module you can get. They even have logging means graphs. Ah, it does. <laughs> they also <laughs> data. And the, with the GPS module, I assume you could also do like position lo- uh, uh-huh. logging, I'm pretty sure. Uh huh. Um, they also sell, I didn't know this, but the Haltech sells a can based TPMS module where you plug the, the receiver into the, the dash and it just uses sensors that you use as valve stem caps Whoa! for tire pressure. It's freaking awesome. That's cool. It'd be so cool. That's cool. It would be neat. So I don't know that that's like fantasy list. Cause I would really, cause like, honestly, the only gauge on my actual factory dash that actually does anything is my tack is the tack. Yeah. The, and the, the fuel gauge is only good for the low fuel light. Uh-huh. Uh, so which means I could theoretically buy an aftermarket fuel sending unit that uh-huh. will f- I can make physically fit in my tank and just calibrate the dash to read it. And I'll have fuel level again. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, it'd be really cool. Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it'd be really cool. So we'll is see. that is that stuff that, like, because you're just buying sensors and it's all calibrated to the, to the dash itself? Is that something that you could keep if you engine swapped? Like, yes, or if I went to a, I could the dash would also be usable if I went to a standalone ECU in the future, right? Whether it's on this engine or another engine, as right. long as it's Haltech. Well, I mean, I guess not, but yeah. it uses any any can yeah. input, so I think technically oh, okay. you can use it with a Mega Squirt. You can use it with a Link. I'm pretty sure. Obviously, Haltech would be easy. Yeah, but and, I mean, and they're Halt, good, and they're good, and they're not they're they're competitively priced. So like a like a basic Haltech Elite, like. 1000 or 1500 is not that expensive relatively yeah so i don't know we'll see everything is f- four digits also in yeah, automotive land for is. good stuff but i also uh we have a, a e46 m3 in the shop that blew up its s54 and is Ooh. getting a full ls swap crate motor crate transmission brand new everything okay. okay so sure that S54 engine comes from the factory with ITBs, uh-huh. and the guy just wants to throw away the engine, so I'm going to take the ITBs off it. The S54 and is this... Three, it's a 3.2 straight six, Yeah, and it has ITBs. You should make a coffee table out of it. It's not that pretty. Really? It's okay. It's not that pretty. Yeah, BMW engines don't look good. They used to mm, back in, okay. like, Fair 1987, yeah. but they don't Whatever. anymore. But it has ITBs, and uh, it's a mechanical linkage. And uh, I think I'm going to try to take them off and borrow one of Clay's spare TVIS plates and see if I can somehow now kith. Uh-huh. So, you know who else has cool. a set of ITBs in a cardboard box in their garage? Do you? Yeah. What do you have? Uh, mm. Do you have Silvertop ITBs? Like no. 4AG ITBs? No. Okay. No. What are those from, Corey? Because oh, I just Kawasaki saw them. ITBs, they're like they're Kawasaki ITBs, I think. Oh, okay. They are... Th- I meant um, to ask you about those the other day when we were working are, on the Jeep. Um, it's a set are of they four? 24 millimeters each, I think, oh, something I like that. I don't know. The BMW ones are, like, weirdly huge, and I'm kind of nervous. Yeah. They're, whatever they are, they're basically, like, the perfect size for a Miata motor. Yeah. If you, yeah, I mean, I might, or, talk to you, I might talk to you after. Or maybe a 4AGE. Yeah, that's, that's all I was I mean, thinking. A 4AG is basically just an old Miata motor. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it's a one six. It's a four cylinder. Yeah. I was trying to do the math and I was like three point two liters divided by six cylinders is like five point point five two liters per cylinder, which is way bigger than a four H. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be like a I'd have to be running like Mondo cams to take advantage of that. And it would be no mid range, no. I don't think it would be matched very well. Yeah, that's why I was. This this would be on a an engine thinking. that gets built on a stand with higher compression and cams and everything. Gotcha. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. just to have, just just to just to have. I think I I would love to see you keep a Toyota engine in I that think car so too. I Paul. I know you toyed with the idea of a K swap for a while. Paul talked me out of it. Did he? Yeah. That's he, interesting. He because he has a K swap in his golf, and he was like, he sure "Well, to make it fit, I had to completely rebuild the firewall. I had to tube frame the front end. I had to completely re-engineer the front Ooh. subframe. I had to relocate my steering rack." Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't really want to do any of that. Yeah. yeah. So, if I could make later at some point a four AG that makes 150 wheel horsepower NA. Uh huh. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Through an LSD with a wonky ass final drive. I'll tell you what. That'd be fun. 160 wheel in my car feels like plenty and it defo weighs more than your car. Not by that much. And you pull like a freight train on me on the straightaways. Freight train is a relative Bro, term watch, on track. Watch my, uh, you watch from oh, no, my I've, perspective of watching you just go on every single straight. I've seen, but then I watch literally any car that makes 40 horsepower more than me do the exact yeah. same thing. I was, I was in a pretty you, good back You just and have forth a real low power car. It's so low. Yeah. And the, and the gearing is even with the better transmission is still not great. Yeah. I, I I've never also, used fifth on a track ever. Yeah, I have. Um, I also felt like my car was not, I don't know, like it wasn't delivering power quite as confidently or as well at road Atlanta this time, but maybe I think because of the humidity with all the fog, maybe might've been, I don't know. Cause I, the last time I ran was in June and it was hot outside. Um, I blocked off two thirds of my oil cooler before this event with aluminum tape um, just because I knew the temps would be lower and I really didn't want to, you know, I don't have a, a I don't have a, a thermostatic sandwich plate for oh. the, that goes to the oil cooler. So it's just open all the time cycling through. Um, and guys who do have gauges and track temps on those um, say that you really shouldn't run in the cold with an oil cooler like all the time because the oil never gets to operating temp. Right. So uh, I blocked off two-thirds of it before this event to try to keep the right amount of heat in the engine, or approximately. Um, I don't know if that was some of it, you know, if it was heat soaking or I don't know what. Because it wasn't that cold over the weekend. It, no, it but it wasn't hot either. Like it never, it never topped 60, or if it did, it just barely, like 61, 62. So, um, does, does your oil cooler not have like a thermostatic? I just said that. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you, I was you not were on your phone. Is it AN? So is it like AN lines coming yeah. from the sandwich plate? Yeah. I I could add. Uh, really, I could just add a sensor and then block off the <clears throat> the um. So there's there's two ways you could add a thermostat to it. You could either put a thermostatic sandwich plate in there, or it, derail makes a really nice like two lines in. There's, it's a, there's a thermostat in it. There's two lines in, two lines out, and then there's one that goes back. It, it bypasses, it, essentially yeah, it bypass. loops back. Mm -hmm. That that would probably be more of the solution. Packaging is a problem where that sandwich plate sits. It right. is just barely enough space because of where it is next to the block, the subframe, the steering rack. Man, there's a bunch of stuff right, right in that spot. So a remote-mounted thermostat. Derail makes a really good one. That I would think. be better. Yeah, I could look into that. I I don't know if it really needs that. Like I ran, I ran a season and a half without an oil cooler, and everyone yeah. was like, "Oh, that's not great." But I don't know. It's fine. Change my oil frequently and send it. Um, yeah, but I put the oil, oil cooler on there because I was going to be running more events in the dead of summer in the middle of the East Coast, and I knew it would be heat soaking really bad. Um, and 
it has definitely been better. I just don't want to run it like full open at cold events in the winter time either. So realistically, if I can figure out a good system for like one strip of tape, two strips of tape, no just tape at all. Take a sheet of aluminum foil and wrap it up. Uh, it's essentially what I do. I have the aluminized uh, like duct, like, duct, actual, actual ducting duct tape, yeah. duct tape. Um, and that stays on there real good. Um, I bought it actually to reinforce my front fender liners for the 245s because everybody said when you put 245s on an ND, your front fender liners become consumables. Um, they're just going to rub. Now, with me setting up the 510s right as far as like setting up bump travel mm-hmm. to not have the wheels crashing into the fender liners all the time, it really was not bad. The only real rub that I had that rubbed some of the aluminum tape off was when I went off-roading through the mud. Sure. And like absolutely really bottomed it out stops. to the bump stop. So, um, But otherwise, no, it seemed, seemed fine. Um, I did dial some caster out of it so that they weren't quite so far forward in the mm-hmm. wheel openings too um, for the 245s and had Ricky, shout out to Ricky Wilmoth, um, flat roll the rear fenders the lips so that they wouldn't tear up my fenders and otherwise nothing really rubbed that as wide as those wheels are and i was concerned about having to stuff the three mil spacers on the front uh to clear the calipers that they were going to step out and then start eating my fenders three mil's not a lot it's not but you saw how wide those are already for those that are, those car. are like, chonky tires on that car they, they do look stout they're they're they are literally it's that meme of the corgi with the boxing gloves on all four of its legs <laughs> uh, you want to go that's that's a miata on 245 it is and it it is very fast it's quick it, and it i feels, can keep up with you through the s's it feels real confident i i also was not sending it I in know, those I morning sessions yeah. uh because it was slick and i was new suspension new tires but no it's your car, man, like it has no it right to good. be as good as it is, but it sticks real good. It sticks real good. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you guys have anything else on Road Atlanta? Road Atlanta, not specifically. It's amazing. Okay. It's dope. You should go if you haven't. I love you should it. Go. People I... should come hang out there. I th- Clayton will tell you he's had a really good time the two times. That's why he came back. Yeah. Um, he actually really wants to get his um, supernova which is his Chevy Nova that's on the Corolla platform from the new me years. Uh, he's going to put a GZ. 4AGZE supercharged engine in it and call it the Supernova, which is brilliant. Amazing. Um, he really wants to get that done, the swap done, and then some other uh, suspension stuff and whatever, and, and start doing some HPDE stuff we went, with us. There was a junkyard in Stafford a few weeks, uh, about a month ago, uh, that had two fx16 gts's in it at the same time right next to each other crazy we pulled all of the knuckles and all of the rear nice. brake calipers he got i think he pulled the rear sway bar off of one of them like we we pulled a lot of stuff off of those uh, and i'm gonna he's bringing he had to go back for a second time because we didn't have enough time to pull everything in one day but uh i'm he's bringing me his parts that he has and i'm going to take everything to work and periodically just in the afternoons just start sandblasting everything and painting it so we can all have i'll have a full set of loaded knuckles with new bearings new hubs arp studs ready to go if i screw them up at the track unbolt them bolt them on sweet perfect no more of this crazy hammering bearings out of the track crap well, uh, you guys want to take a break real quick? Yes, I would love another yes. drink. Okay, I would also love Beautiful. another drink. Good night, everyone. No, we got to do, <laughs> we got to do social media stuff, bro. Hi. Steve, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me occasionally at I am understeer on Instagram or at Marta SW20. That is my MR2 build page. Go give it a follow. Give me a reason to get back to finishing that car. I was just telling my new co-workers about it today, and it did make me think, you know what? It'd be way cooler if I told them about it by pulling up to work in it one of these days this year. So I'd like to do it. Find me there. What about you, Jordan? Uh, I'm on the internet at The Daily Downshift on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, 
and that's and I have a blog, uh, the Daily Downshift at dot blogspot.com. Do you still update that? I haven't looked. When I blog. have built things to update it with, cool. yes, I try to. You'll I, have some. Soon. I will, yeah. So I try to like let enough material accumulate before I update it. But yeah, Corey, where can people find good food and rip pants and a big dog? <laughs> good food, rip pants and a big dog. It's and a little C. cat and a and a tiny little baby cat. Yeah, she's so she's so cute. Uh, at c.crehan on the Instagrams, and you can find all of us at beerandbackfire.com. Absolutely, as well as a link to our Discord, which you should join because it's yes. fun. Two it's good big place. big facts: the Discord has been one of my primary modes of socialization as of late, and and just a lot of good fun. I, I don't know. I'm just really enjoying it recently. Uh, the community and the connection that we have on there. It's been fantastic. Good good little gang of folks. Lots of fun stuff. Yeah. Come, come hang out with us. Anyway, good night. Good night. Bye.